Hey everybody, welcome to PTD Athletes, positively transforming and developing athletes. I'm your host, Zachary Van Kieran, a podcast that was created for athletes and coaches that want to further their development in exercise training, football training, periodization in relation to in-season, off-season training, and coaching psychology. Hey, what's up everybody? So this is episode number two. Today's topic is about bad coaching. Topic number one, no patience. So this is about no patience. This can go for a lot of reasons, you guys. So number one is usually you have a coach that's trying to explain something to you. He expects you to get it the first time and hopes that you get it the first time. And then once you do ask a question, then all hell breaks loose. You've been around this coach for some time to where you have enough anxiety that you don't even want to ask a question because every time you do, you're afraid of what the answer may be. This goes further beyond asking the coach a simple question. This can go by off of product and design. If you're installing a play by doing a drill in practice, whatever the case may be, the coach could be having a hard time at understanding that it does take time and expects each individual or player to understand it the first time and not have any mistakes. This can go for a lot of reasons for the coach. Maybe the coach was raised in a family where everything had to be done so very quickly that the the person that was taking care of him at the time, maybe the parent didn't have any time for patience as well. So therefore the coach automatically took for whatever it was in their life that something or some task had to be completed at a certain amount of time. Therefore, they became a product of their environment. Usually when you find someone or a coach that has no patience, they're usually narrow-minded. They don't have a broad mind and they don't have a growth mindset. They look at a task a certain way and believe that is the only way that it needs to be done and that is the only way that it can be done. And I am here to let you know that it, that is absolutely not true at all. So how can this get resolved? Well, hopefully the coach is willing to listen. I think the best thing that you can do is go up to the coach and tell them what's going on and let them know that you're afraid to contact them or to let them know of anything that needs to be fixed. Don't necessarily tell them that they have no patience. And if you feel a little bit insecure about going beyond yourself, maybe look at getting other teammates as well. Not necessarily teaming up on the coach, but if he's a good coach and has understanding, you'll be able to approach him necessarily and he'll be able to listen to you guys. Topic number two, no understanding of human psychology. Typically, a coach doesn't understand the mind of a person or the behavior of somebody. This can be a lot of things. It could be a personality of the psychology of the person. It could be a social psychology and behavior. All of these things relate to one another. If a coach has a better understanding of the basic concepts of psychology, then they will have a better chance at reaching their players. If a coach can get into the mind of their players and know what their personality is like, then they're at least halfway through. They need to understand that each player is different. And not only that, they are a human being. They are a person. 
they have a different life outside of their school, outside of practice. And as soon as they can get that through their heads, they'll have a lot better of a chance at reaching their players and the whole team as a whole. Once again, if a coach doesn't understand these things, then most likely, again, they will relate to that first topic of no patience. They will also relate in the way of them being narrow-minded and not looking at the bigger picture. So what's the cure for this? I believe as the coach himself or herself, I believe they need to look deep within who they really are. They need to know who they are as a person in order for them to carry out these things. If they don't know who they are, then they're not going to be able to help the players that are there before them. I would highly suggest taking tests either on the internet, and they have a lot of personality tests regarding these things. Or if you are curious in continuing education and making yourself a better person, look into maybe some psychology books and personalities and social psychology as well. I believe by doing these things, it will help the coach as a whole. And again, he'll know or she'll know better about themselves and it'll help everybody in the end. What has helped me in the past with my experience is getting to know each player individually, getting to know what excites them, what's going on with their personal life, what's going on with their academic life, what are they trying to pursue in their life, you know, what are they wanting to do after high school, middle school, whatever it may be. Get to know who they are individually first, and I believe that once you know them individually, you'll be able to have a better team. Instead of when you go home and you're just banging your head against the wall and just asking yourself, well, why are they acting this way? Why is this one player not listening to me? You need to go back to these things and you need to remember where they came from. And I believe that if you can establish these traits and these skills, they'll further help you as a coach. And then again, the overall, it's going to help the person. Topic number three, treats all players the same. Once again, going in relation to the first topic and the second topic, this bad coach treats all players the same. Whether he or she is speaking to the whole team or whether he or she is speaking to a person or the player, the message sounds the same. They expect each player to understand where they're coming from as much as the player that they spoke with before or after. Once again, this simply just cannot be done. He or she needs to remember that each player is different. Each player has a different life. Each player has a different household. Each player has a different life within school. I mean, there's so many different factors. They, the player can have a job back at home that can be supporting for a single mom or a single dad. They could be the oldest of siblings. They could be the youngest of siblings. I mean, it just goes on and on. Not only this... But each player learns differently on the field. It doesn't matter whether it be what position it may be. Each player learns differently. If they are a guard as a post, a point guard in basketball, they're going to learn differently than they would as if they were someone that was a center. Not just because they are different in the position, but because they are different people and they have different objectives in different disciplines. The cure to this, I believe, again, is to know each player individually Study them, talk to them like they are a person. Once you understand that, then you'll be able to know how to teach them individually. And once you know how to teach them individually, then you could teach them as a whole. And once you have them all collectively, 
then each player will know where you're coming from, and then you've established a trust with each and every one, and not only that, once more importantly, you've established trust in the whole entire team. I think most of the time that happens with bad coaching is that they see these players as, yes, young children, but they're not just that. I mean, they're adolescents. So the term of an adolescent, in my opinion, is someone that is a child, yes, but they're also a young adult. They're in between. And I believe the best way to get through with these guys is to treat them like people. Don't talk down to them. Don't talk to them like they're dumb and they don't know this. They don't know that. Talk to them like they understand. And once you do that, they'll build a trust and they'll respect you better for it. Topic number four, the bully coach. Yes, you might actually find it hard to believe there are a lot of bully coaches. A bully coach, to my, to my understanding, is someone that actually looks down on the players they coach. They treat them like they're dumb, like they're stupid, that they have no understanding whatsoever. They're arrogant and they only want to go back to their glory days. They have no thought in listening to a person or the player whatsoever. They only believe what they want to believe, and therefore you are always wrong. They will scream, they will yell, they will belittle each and every person just to feel bigger and better about themselves. I have even seen and heard instances of coaches getting in fights with their own players, and not only always just the players, but as sometimes you also see other coaches getting in fight with one another, and that's just setting a horrible example for the rest of the team. And I'm sure you've seen this before, either on TV or it's happened to you. You usually see the coach pulling a player by the face mask in football, and that to me is just a form of abuse. We are no longer living in the old school days. Back in the time when that was necessary and that was okay, people accepted it and thought that that was fine because players back then were told what to do and they obeyed because of the fear and bully that came within the coach themselves. The bully coach depends and relies on fear and fear alone. He or she uses it to intimidate the players they have so that the fear that they have within their players are able for them to listen to them. And this just is not true. If anyone has a coach that is this way, I highly recommend that you speak with them. I don't think that'll probably be the best answer. Hey, but it doesn't uh, hurt, but try. Secondly, if that doesn't work, then you probably need to go with your parents and you need to go with the school faculty or the athletic director. There needs to be an address of this issue because this is a big topic and this happens to a lot of different players especially players that I've spoken to on Instagram and social media. Another form of abuse that these bully coaches do is use conditioning type workouts to discipline or call it discipline, I guess you can say. But more of anything, it's just a torture thing to do with uh, their players, and that doesn't always help either. We do not need to rely on being a bully coach. We do not need to rely on being abusive to get our point across. The topics that I said before this all go hand in hand. And if we can use the things that I've said before, the cures to helping these different topics, then your players will understand where you're coming from. You don't have to be that heated type coach that's yelling and screaming, kicking and hollering to get your point across. 
that just doesn't always work. And most of the time it just doesn't work. And if you are one of these coaches, I highly advise that you please just stop. Please listen to the players that are coming to you about these issues. And if they're afraid to talk to you, then there's a problem with that as well. Learn to really listen, not listen to have an answer, but listen to what they're telling you. And once again, going back to this, if a coach is this way, he either is going back on his glory days, wishing that he was in the same position as his players are, or once again, maybe he was raised in a in a household that being that type of way got a point across. And we're in a different time period now that where that's not always necessary. Topic number five, the coach who plays favorites. We see it time and time again, you guys. And I know because this happened to me a lot of different times growing up as a child. And I'm sure this has happened to you or this has happened to at least your child. We always have that coach that always plays the favorites or just has that favorite player in general. It might not be playing, but they'll treat them better than any other player. Typically, that player is someone they know or they know the parents or they have some kind of deal going on in the background. And yes, that actually does happen quite often that a lot of people don't think it does, but it does. Another thing is that maybe they're even related to them. The so-called favorite play your son, play your daughter always goes in without being fair. I think as a sports coach, that is probably one of the biggest complaints that any coach gets is that they're always playing their favorites. And yes, there is a difference between someone that's been going ever be, since the beginning of time. I mean, like if you start in the summer workouts and the player's been fighting and clawing to be there and they get there and they are the favorite, but they went in and put the work in to actually play, then they're not really a favorite. They went and they did the work that was necessarily. But on the other hand, there is a lot of times where a player did go in the whole summer for workouts and then right when the season start, here comes the, the, the talented player, the player that is given everything that they've ever wanted. They come in because they got more talent. They didn't necessarily have the work ethic, but they had more talent. They come on in. The coaches just kiss their butts. And, I mean, they're in, they're a starter, and you're left hanging. As a coach, this just needs to stop, you guys. This is setting a bad example for the players. This is setting a bad example for the team. And not only that, that is setting a bad example for yourself. I've always tried to be fair with my players. And whenever I did play a player, it was always because of that player earned it. And they worked for it ever since the beginning. Yeah, that's another topic that we can discuss at another time. But that usually brings frustration with parents as well. But the big thing that there is and the big thing that why we're doing that is because we're trying to set the best example for your whole team and trying to show that just because you're a talented person or you know this person or this and that doesn't necessarily mean that you get what you want. I believe the solution to this is grab a piece of paper. If you have a starting quarterback that's your favorite and you have a second stringer that might not necessarily be your favorite but maybe is a harder worker than the first stringer since uh, the first stringer is more talented. What I would highly suggest is get a piece of paper, write down each player's name, decide on the pros and cons of each player. Don't go off of anticipation. Don't go off of your behavior as well. You can be biased in this situation, 
be truthful to yourself and be truthful to the person that you see and why they deserve that time and why do they, they deserve that responsibility. Topic number six, not a leader. A co bad coach that's typically not a leader tells others to do this, to do that without them doing it themselves. I truly believe that if you're able to get people to buy in into your program, buy into what you're trying to do, you have to establish yourself. You have to show that you are the one willing to do what it takes. You are the one showing them, not just giving them words, but you're actually showing them action. And that's what separates the good coaches, what separates the bad coaches, what separates a true leader from a non-leader. I'm here to let you know, since you accepted the responsibility of being a coach, that means that you have so much accountability on yourself that most people don't understand. If you want your team to buy in, I would highly suggest to do everything that you're preaching to tell them to do. So like for instance, if they're in for a morning workout and it's early in the morning, you're not even there, what kind or an assistance there and without you being busy, you just don't want to be there. What kind of example are you setting for them? What kind of example are you setting for the team and yourself? If anything, you should be there bright and early. You should be there lifting with the players. You should be there, you know, talking with them, uh, critiquing each set that they're doing, each rep that they're doing, establishing that you are there and that you're not just saying these things, but you're showing action. The same thing applies to maybe nutrition. Maybe you don't have the best nutrition in the world and you're trying to teach the kids to eat this, to eat that. And the excuses that I've heard many of times from coaches saying like, well, I'm not an athlete. You're the athlete. I'm not where you are. I'm where I'm at in this time. And you know what? That's just an excuse to me. You know, if you want to be the example, you want to be the leader. It's time that you need to show it. You need to be there bright and early. You need to show them each and every day that you are what you preach. And that's just how it goes. Again, you decided to be the coach, so a lot more responsibility f falls on yourself. And we all know how te teenagers think, you guys. I mean, like, what they're going to want is for you to prove. Prove to them that what you're saying is what you know and what you're saying you actually do. You know, a lot of the times that's why they rebel is because you're telling them do this, do that. And they know in the back of their heads are just saying, you're like, oh, this guy can't do it or she can't do it. Why am I going to listen to them? You know, that's where it comes down to is just being accountable of yourself. Topic number seven, big ego. And once again, you guys, I'm sure you've uh, had this happen to yourself because it's happened to me before. Yep, there's a lot of them out there, you guys. There's a lot of big ego-headed coaches out there. They forget the fact that they have great players. They forget the fact that they have great assistants and that they think that they've done everything on their own to get where they needed to be. They live back in the glory days, again, where they used to be or they wish they were. They take all the glorification, forgetting about every facet that is needed for one team. They forget that the parents are there to support them. They forget that the teachers, that the principal, that the whole school faculty is there to support them. They forget everything, and then they just remember that, and they truly believe that they did everything on their own. They are an arrogant type of coach, and that needs to stop as well. There was a, a coach that grew up in the area that I, was very popular, and I'm not going to name any names, but... 
there was a coach that took all the glory for himself. Yes, he had amazing teams back-to-back, and they won state a lot of the time, but he took the granted for himself, and he took the gratification for himself, and that is just pure wrong. I mean, like, he would just, even on the type of reports that he'd have in the paper was, you know, not even talking about his team, just talking about himself, and, you know, I mean, that's just that's you just can't do that i mean like if again if you're coming down to being a coach the whole concept of it is to make a team to make one unit and if you haven't caught on to it yet you guys is i'm really big on that and a team setting is the best setting you can have it's the best example that you can have and it really takes a hold and and becomes who who you should be and it also takes into your future life and what it can be in the workplace and if we had more unity in that, I believe that we'd have a lot more success in this field. So one last time, coaches, get rid of the ego. Please just get rid of it quickly because you got to remember again that although, yeah, be proud of yourself if you've come a long way. I'm not trying to take that away from yourselves, but also know that you need players to be great. You need assistance to be great. Topic number eight, does not care about players' future. And this goes in relation to topic number seven with a big ego coach. Yeah, there's a lot of coaches out there, you guys, unfortunately, that do just don't care about the future of their players. They have them for the time being, and that's all they want them for, unfortunately. They don't care about you getting uh, recruited to colleges. They don't care about you going on doing something great in your academic life. They just care about that win and loss column, and unfortunately, that is the truth. And yes, there are coaches that do care about it, on the other hand, but we need to change this, guys. We need we need help in changing this, and if you're one of those coaches that is this way, you need to change this quickly. There are coaches that are in really good programs that they've all they've been used to all, is is winning and yeah winning's great i'm not taking that in away at all because winning is fun it's an amazing thing and it's very addicting but they need to remember and come back down to earth that again it comes down to the players what are they doing for the player are they helping them are they helping them succeed are they helping them get recognized there are so many different things that a coach can do to help the player get recognized if a player has dreams of making to the nfl NBA, MLB, whatever it may be, always help them to look at ways of getting noticed. You know you have film on them. Help them get that film out. Call every college that you can. Call the coaches. Call the athletic directors, the recruiters, the scout team, whatever it may be. Try to help that individual out, especially if they have a dream in it. Because I promise you, if you help one of those players achieve their dreams in some aspect, that is so much better than a win and a loss uh, or win or a loss on the win column or loss column it's making a win and impact on somebody else and that's a true win in my opinion so in conclusion this goes for parents this goes for players and especially this goes for you coaches these are the top eight topics that i've chosen for what a bad coach represents and what i define a bad coach if you're a coach please avoid these and if you do have some of these traits, please look at it and improving in, in who you are as a person first and foremost. By doing this, it'll help you become a better coach. And for you players struggling with this type of coach, 
Again, please go to them first. If there's no luck with that, then go higher up in faculty or uh, sports director. Or And if that doesn't work, lastly, unfortunately, maybe look at to going and moving to a different school. I know it's easier said than done, but sometimes that is the case that needs to be taken care of. And lastly, for you parents, please stick with your children. Listen to them if they have a coach this type of way. Again, listen to the difficulties they may be having. The last thing they need is to be scrutinized or come back home and you not listening to them. And then they have, uh, they're, they're out of luck and that's not what we need. Just listen to them and see if you guys can get this resolved. And yes, I may not have all the answers, you guys. This is just going off of experience and what I've learned in the field and what I've seen others take part of. I am hard on coaches because I believe as being a coach that you just have to hold yourself to a higher accountability. The profession that you've taken is a big job and a coach to me is a leader in in itself. You're the one that's trying to change lives. You're the one taking care of others and it's just a big responsibility. And once again, I might not have all the answers, but this is what I believe. This is the end of episode number two, Bad Coaching. Just want to say thank you again for listening, you guys. If you haven't yet, please listen to me on Spotify, the Anchor app, Breaker Podcast, Radio Republic Podcast, or Google Podcast. You can also look me up on Instagram at ZVPTDAthletes. Z is in Zach, V is in Van Kieran, ZVPTDAthletes, one word. See you next time, you guys. Thanks again. Be blessed.